If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's start with some news, and uh, we've got a lot of good things coming up. We've got uh, Bring a Trailer, of course, in our second hour, and we've got some uh, things from Consumer Reports, like, uh, you know, sticker shock and how to, you know, look at the uh, cost of uh, transportation of a car these days. You know, it's one of those things you don't really think about, and then you get shocked by what it is there. Uh, So we've got some things to talk about. First, let's start with the city of Petaluma, California. Anybody ever heard of that? It's this little city just north of San Francisco on uh, 101. Uh, They have become the first city to ban the construction of new gasoline pumps and stations. So on February 22nd, the Petaluma... Petaluma City Council unanimously approved a bill that is meant to prohibit new gas pumps and support efforts to add EV charging plugs and other alternative fuel stations. Uh, the change means that the, it's a small city, uh, but you know they already have 16 you know gas stations, and they think you know well that's enough for our city. We really don't need any more. Uh, they have plenty right on the freeway as you go through town, and plenty for the people who live there. But the problem is with, you know, with the adoption of EVs and with that coming, you know, as part of uh, the state of California's push to go all electric by 2035, uh, you know, there there's the issue of charging stations. And for all the people who live in apartment buildings and who live in condos and places where you, you know, you can't, you don't have a garage where you can charge your car. Well, then where do you do it? And obviously, the you know the United States and pretty much most of the world has tons and tons of gas stations. So with gas stations are good places for charging stations to go. I've been saying this for a while is that there's you know a lot of these uh, gas stations have plenty of extra space. They could easily put, start putting in charging stations uh, and uh, attracting customers that way. Plus, they have their convenience mart, which is where people go to get snacks and drinks, and those are high margin items. They make more money on those things than they do on selling gasoline. So I think it's a good idea that they start doing that. But Petaluma is sort of blazing the way, and they're going to be the first uh, first city that will uh, encourage uh, EV charging stations at gas stations. I think that's a that's a good place to start. Uh, Volvo, uh, my friends at Volvo, are uh, going all EV now. Uh, they've uh, said that that by 2030, uh, they will be selling nothing but battery electric cars. There's no no plug-in, uh, you know, hybrids, uh, nothing else, just, like, you know, EVs. And, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, they're not a very big company to begin with. And, you know, last week we talked about uh, Jaguar doing the same thing, but Jaguar is going to do it, you know, in the next four years. Uh, Volvo, you know, is is really, I think, riding the wave of what's going to happen more and more. You're going to start seeing the smaller brands and then the larger brands are going to have to go within, I think General Motors said they wanted to do it by 2035. So we'll see what they're going to do. Uh, For instance, this week, Volvo decided to um, 
introduce a new car called the uh, C40 Recharge. And anything that's called Recharge in the Volvo lineup means it's an, a battery electric vehicle. So the 2022 C40 uh, made its debut this week. And it's not a... Um, in the past, when they had the C designation at Volvo, it was a coupe, like an actual coupe of a car. This time, it's a it's a coupe of a you know SUV, like all they're doing now these days. Uh, so Volvo will have a basically a coupe version of its XC40, uh, which is their smallest SUV right now. Uh, it has the same platform. It uh, has a 78 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, but uh, the EPA is only rating it at 210 miles, which is about the same as the XC40, even though the the new C40 uh, is uh, much more aerodynamic and actually looks quite nice. Uh, it has a it's very fast. It has a 408 horsepower, for, uh, 486 pound-feet of torque with a dual motor setup, so motor on the front and motor on the rear, and it can hustle to 60 miles per hour in 4.7 seconds, which is, you know, very good in Tesla territory. Uh, it'll also be the first Volvo, which will be leather-free, so all everything will be vegan inside, and uh, and cloth. I think they saw wool or some other fabric uh, that that's uh, renewable. Uh, Volvo hasn't announced pricing yet, but the uh, XC40 recharge starts at around 55000 and this is the coupe version, so it's probably going to be a little bit more, so probably closer to sixty, like fifty-nine dollars or $58,000. So we'll see where that comes in when Volvo announced pricing later this year. Uh, they start production this fall, and it rolls into dealerships at the end of 2021. Uh, but part of the other thing that when you know Volvo talked about going uh, all EV, uh, it's it's more than it's it's more than just that. First of all, they said that they're going to be uh, by 2025. 50% of the cars that they sell will be battery electric only, and they're only going to sell them online. Uh, so. They're going all in on what they, you know, they've they've introduced this before, and it got a little too popular. It's a subscription service where one payment will include your insurance, maintenance, and any service. And basically, what a dealer does is hand you the car, but you the the entire transaction is done online, and uh, the dealer performs, I guess, whatever service is necessary, um, and uh, probably any repairs, like if you've gotten in an accident. But uh, it, it's going to be reduced to selling used cars. Uh, Volvo says it'll also be fully climate neutral. That its entire manufacturing operations, both uh, you know in in the United States and in Europe and in China, where it has operations, uh, will be uh, fully climate ne- neutral by 2040. Okay, so uh, Jaguar said that they lost 100,000 sales last year because of their abysmal quality, and that's one of the reasons that they're rushing to go to be EVs. Uh, Volvo's going to make a smaller EV than the uh, than the uh, current XC40 Recharge. They're going to probably make an XC20, which is going to be subcompact. So it'll, you know, everything is going electric these days, and especially the smaller brands, as I said before. Uh, there's a noted Tesla hacker out there. He likes to look into what's in the code in uh, Tesla software that's being pushed to all the cars. And one of the things that's in there is Tesla is preparing to move your customer, your profile. So every Every Tesla you get in with, you know, your key is your phone. It's basically, you know, Bluetooth enabled. Uh, And when you get in the car, 
it recognizes you and it adjusts everything to your profile. Now, what's going to do, what Tesla's doing is they're going to move the profile from the car software to the cloud so that you, any Tesla that you get into at any time will immediately adjust to you based on your phone as opposed to what's just saved in your car. And this is probably in preparation for car sharing uh, and ride hailing uh, their own network. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting what they're doing. Uh, let's see. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Myers Manx and that, that uh, Bruce Myers had sold his company, which hadn't been making cars for a long time, but he sold the company to uh, an investor group and they're going to start uh, making cars again of some sort. They haven't really come out to say what they're going to do. But uh, Bruce Myers just died. Uh, he was the creator uh, of the uh, Myers Manx, which is the ultimate uh, California dune buggy. Uh, it was reported just a few months ago when he sold his company. Uh, and, and people sort of wondered why now. And I guess it was because he knew he was not well. So he's a, you know, he was really a visionary. Um, he was an artist. Uh, Fine artist, surfer. He made his own surfboards. Uh, designer, hot rodder. He was a Navy hero, off-road racer, and you know, of course, inventor of the dune buggy. He was 94. Uh, we have some more signs of the Apple car. Oh, boy. The Apple car is in Apple's in discussions with multiple suppliers of self-driving car sensors, such as LiDAR. Uh, the California-based tech giant is reported to be in talks with a number of potential suppliers for these uh, laser-based sensors that allow the car's computer to see its surroundings. Uh, Apple's been working on a driverless vehicle project for several years and has developed on its own. Uh, it, we, you know, Apple has its own little area where it, it, it drives its, uh, drives cars that are driverless and, you know, driving themselves in a closed circuit area. And plus it does have a, a, a few cars on the road. They use, I think, uh, uh, Lexus SUVs or something that, uh, have been driving around, uh, Northern California for quite a while now. So Apple been doing it sort of on the quiet, but it's out there, you know, making its own software to self-drive and uh, was probably, I don't know. They still think 2025 is more likely what it's going to be, but it hasn't signed anybody yet for the LiDAR systems and it hasn't signed anybody yet to, you know, make the car for, uh, for Apple. But, uh, that's more signs that things are coming. Wow. Well, when we get back, we've got some more car news. We'll talk about the uh, increasing price of destination charges on your car. And we'll also talk about uh, top car batteries. Uh, you know, something you don't think about, but it's kind of important out in the desert. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. We'll be right back. CEO Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. 
As the leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead, providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. A couple of uh, notes on recalls. Ford is recalling 86,000 2021 F-150 and 2020 and 2021 Super Duty trucks because the front windshields are inadequately bonded to the vehicle body structure, meaning that the windshield may not stay in place during a crash. Uh, Ford said it was unaware of any crashes or injuries related to the issue. Now, something on Toyota, this is uh, probably affects more people. The U.S. government is investigating complaints of engine engine compartment fires in nearly 1.9 million Toyota RAV4 SUVs. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration began investigating after getting 11 complaints regarding uh, 2013 through 2018 model years of the RAV4. Now, you have to remember that the RAV4 is the top-selling vehicle in the United States that isn't a pickup truck. Uh, So there's a lot of them on the road. Uh, The documents posted this week say that fires uh, start on the left side of the engine compartment. A terminal on the 12-volt battery may short to the frame, causing loss of electrical power, uh, engine stalling, or a fire. Uh, most of the fires happened while the vehicles were being driven, but four owners complained that fires broke out while the engines were off. The agency says that improper battery installation or front-end collision repair was probably a factor. Uh, the NHTSA says that the RAV4 has a high number of fire complaints uh, in this area and that they are looking to Toyota to do something. There has not been a recall issued yet, but uh, it's probably on the horizon. Something I didn't get to last week is that uh, Hyundai uh, took the wraps off its Ionic 5 compact size electric uh, well, they say it's an SUV, but it really looks more like a sedan. And it was really a, a amazingly looking, amazing car. It actually looks like a concept car, but this is the real deal. Um, it's available in uh, rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive with two battery sizes, either a 58-kilowatt-hour or 77.4-kilowatt-hour battery. Uh, the larger battery is capable, they say, of a 300-mile range. Uh, the dual motor version is capable of 0 to 60 in 5.2 seconds uh, with a top speed of 115 miles per hour, which is very respectable. Uh, the, Ion- the Ionic 5 can support both 400 volt and 800 volt fast charging, which really it would be very fast if you can find a charger that can you know juice your car that fast because there are not very many of them. Um, but it can, you know, 
go from you know 10% to 80%, they said, in 18 minutes if you get the right charger. Um, it kind of, Let's see, it can cover, uh, let's see, it took me, it looks to me like it's a four-door hatchback and it's not a crossover, but, but hey, you know, whatever people want to say it is. Uh, it rides on Hyundai's new global uh, platform called the EGMP. Uh, so electric global manufacturing platform. And this is the one that Apple was supposedly interested in and may still be. We just don't know because, you know, you can't talk if you're talking to Apple. So it's the first EV that I actually be interested in that isn't a Tesla. And frankly, it puts the ID3, the Volkswagen ID3 and ID4 to shame. It really is a gorgeous car. Uh, prices haven't been announced yet, but it won't be cheap, likely. Uh, I guess it will start around $50,000 before credits and rebates. Uh, and it should arrive in dealers uh, this fall. Um, speaking of uh, rebates uh, and credits, Tesla, GM, and other electric car makers may be entering a golden era in the U.S. if a newly proposed bill makes it through Congress. Dubbed the Electric Cars Act, the bill aims to update EV tax credits by extending it for 10 years and removing the number of eligible vehicles by manufacturer. The bill also seeks to support the build-out of more EV charging infrastructure. A federal tax credit of $7,500 is currently available for customers who purchase an electric vehicle. However, the current system phases it out phases out this credit after 200,000 vehicles per manufacturer. Uh, if this bill goes through, uh, GM and Tesla will both get their get their credits back, but it won't be, um, you know, $7,500. I think it goes to $7,000, which is still better than, uh, than it could have been. And it's a carryover credit, which is important because right now it's a use it or lose it credit. So people who couldn't use it all in one year can now carry it over for five years if that bill goes through. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I hope it goes through. Uh, we have more car news when we get back. This is Todd Bianco, all revved up on iHub Radio. It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. An article caught my eye this week. It was by Mike Monticello at Consumer Reports, and it's talking about uh, the cost of destination fees on new cars and how they've suddenly just gone up dramatically and what the you know what's going on with this. And they uh, talk about uh, one of their... Uh, one of their customers, uh, one of the people who, uh, you know, wrote into Consumer Reports and complained that, you know, in 2019, when he got his Mazda uh, CX-5 SUV, uh, it was 1045 I mean, it was $820 for 
uh, destination charges. Uh, but now when he gets a new a new one, it was up to $1,045. And so that's a 30% increase in three years. And the question is, has the cost of transportation really gone up? Because, of course, if you ask the manufacturers, A, they either don't respond or B, you know, they, they you know, say, oh, well, the costs are up. And you know, is it really up by that much? Because it's certainly not the cost of inflation, not by that much in, you know, in amount of time. So kind of know what's going on. Uh, but it's uh, a lot of these are are up more than two and a half p- times what they were two and a half times what they were the uh, over the inflation rate. So um, they say that the uh, biggest, uh, I guess, what do they call it? Uh, the one, the one, that, the one that's the worst is Stellantis, which is now, which was formerly a Fiat Chrysler. Where uh, in 2011 they had uh, destination charges of maybe you know 840, 850 dollars, and now they're pushing 1500 dollars for the same car or same truck. And uh, what's going on with this now? You know, so here, here's what they say. The destination fees rose an average of 90% on Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep vehicles, 74% on Ram trucks since 2011, and 114% on Fiat's since 2012. Uh, one model, the Jeep Grand Cherokee, rose to $1,495 in 2019 from $995, a 50% increase in just three years. Um that, you know, other models with sizable destination fees include the uh, much-anticipated Ford Bronco and the uh, smaller Bronco Sport, uh, for which the fee is fourteen hundred and ninety-five dollars. Uh, and Ford F one fifty and the Ram fifteen hundreds are now at sixteen hundred and ninety-five dollars. Uh, you know, and they asked the companies. They, they said they wrote to Acura, Ford, uh, GM, Kia, Mini, Stellantis, and Toyota, and asked what the what the deal was. And GM most didn't uh, respond. Of course, uh, GM did get back to them and said that uh, freight and logistic costs had increased and pointed to growing sales of pickup trucks and SUVs. And they said the bigger the truck, the the you know the fewer you are able to fit on a car, you know, a, a rail car carrier. That that may be true, but as you know, uh, people have been buying big cars in the United States for quite a while now, and it's also you can't get it waived. For example, if you pick up your Tesla at the factory, Tesla doesn't waive the fee. If you pick up your Corvette at the factory, which is an option as well, uh, you know, General Motors doesn't waive the fee. So you know, you you can't you don't get these fees waived, even if you pick it up, you know, next to the factory or at the factory. You simply have to pay it. And, you know, is it really is it really there or is it really the, the cost that's gone up? And, and they point to this. They said that um, uh, they, they looked at uh, BMW, Infiniti, Lexus, Lincoln, Mercedes-Benz and Volvo, and their fees only grew by 20 percent or less. So it's not everybody that's that's getting these, you know, gigantic increases. They're all increasing, but not by so much. So is it really just a fee for profit? In other words, is this just some way for them to, you know, whack another five or six hundred dollars profit into the car where, you know, it, you could say, well, the invoice was this, but, you know, you can pay less than an invoice and you think you're getting a good deal. But if they, you know, sort of like through the back door, get you for another five hundred dollars worth of profit on the, the destination charge, that's just, you know, a little little bit sneaky. 
Uh, so, uh, you know, these are things to look out for when you're buying a new car. And they talk about, you know, how can you, you know, how can you sort of get rid of some of these fees or try to eliminate some of them? And they talk about it like a document fee, which is what a dealer sometimes charges, you know, uh, to uh, to do processing of the title and registration. And you can negotiate it, sometimes eliminate it. It depends on how much they you know, want to get rid of the car. But it can be anywhere from seventy five to eight hundred dollars, uh, depending on the dealer and depending on what they're trying to do. Uh, advertising. A dealer sometimes tries to recoup what the cost of national and regional advertising campaigns, which are usually baked into the price of the car. And, you know, they sometimes try to charge you between a hundred and a thousand dollars to recoup it. And you should just refuse that fee, say, no way, it's already, you know, baked into the price. Uh, and, um, then they have the vehicle prep fee, which is usually a complete ripoff, where they supposedly do a pre-delivery inspection, which they're required to do no matter what. It's part of their duties as you know, as the as the dealer itself, and they try to uh, you know sometimes hit you between ten you know a hundred to five hundred dollars, and that's something that you should probably you know negotiate what too because sometimes they say well we had to fill the gas tank and it's like oh boy you know some of these things that they really uh, are are already being paid to do as part of just being a dealer for that brand and then comes the dreaded market adjustment uh, what does that mean if you've got a really hot car like uh, last week we had a, a on auction at uh, bring a trailer we had uh, a brand new uh, 2021 ram uh, 1500 uh, T-Rex and that thing is you know the sticker was $9,300 I mean $93,000 on that car and a lot of dealers are you know want 15 20 over over sticker for it uh, Jeep did it with the Jeep Gladiator as well uh, when, when it first came out and sometimes you can get it sometimes you nego- negotiate it down sometimes you can't it just depends on if there's a you know if you can get it from another dealer for less but sometimes when you're dealing with a hot car and you have to have it then you're stuck paying at least some of it you know some of what they're trying to get over the sticker price so it, it can happen you can't you know you can get a better deal but you know, beware of these new these fees as they creep up and how they're increasing the cost of a car. Now, another thing that we don't talk about as much as we really should is batteries and batteries, especially out in the desert. Um, you know, people don't think about it, but you know, they go, oh, these are cold weather type of things. But the desert, the, the heat really bakes the batteries and there's a lot of battery failures out in the desert. And I see the AAA truck running all over the, you know, the battery service truck all over uh, the, the valley all the time with new batteries because they fail quite often with the heat of the desert. So th- it's not just, you know, uh, d- these types of things. Now, Triple uh, A usually has their own branded product because that's what they sell. It's the easiest for them to do, and they also guarantee it. So there's, you know, that you get you get a you know a warranty when you buy it. But here's some of the top rated batteries that are not from the Triple A, and um, they they start with the Optima Red Top battery. I've never heard of this, but you know they get it on Amazon for two hundred and thirty nine dollars. Uh, 99 cents it says this battery has uh, 800 cold cranking amps and a you know reserve capacity of 100 minutes which is really very good uh, claims it's resistant to vibration and is spill proof so it can be mounted in virtually any position um, AC Delco 
uh, 94R AGM battery. Again, from Amazon, you can get it um, uh, for $152, a big difference from the other one. Uh, this uh, battery has a 850 cold cranking amps, which is you know what you really need to do. Most cars need that at least that to start uh, if if it's if it's uh, really cold sometimes, um, and if it's a big diesel, forget it. You need even a bigger battery because I have that problem on, on my uh, Mercedes. But uh, this is for you know normal cars, and it has 140. This particular one has 140 minutes of reserve power, so you can sit there and run the car if you have to. Uh, so it's um, quality acid circulation. Uh, helps the battery maintain, uh, remain cool and extend its life. So that might be something that's better for the desert if it can be cooler longer. Uh, Motorcraft uh, tested tough battery, uh, $169. They got bought it at O'Reilly Auto Shops, and uh, let's see, is 100, yeah, $169.99. Uh, the tested tough max uh, lead acid battery only has uh, uh, terminals on top, but provides you know some needed on the side depending on your car. So make sure you know what you're getting. Uh, it has a uh, you know provides 850 cold cranking amps, and has a very strong reserve of 150 minutes. Uh, Motorcraft batteries uh, are good for Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury vehicles. Uh, then is the X. XS Power D3400 battery. So the XS, I've never even heard of this, but it's uh, on Amazon and it's $322.50. And they said that this expensive battery from XS Power can be mounted in any position and is spill proof. So this may be good for your car if, it's, if you've got weird location and it's uh, you know at an angle or on its side or something to the, that effect. And it's designed to bolt into most any you know car, truck, or even a boat. Uh, this battery doesn't advertise cold cranking amps, but it does throw a thousand cranking amps at 32 degrees, according to the literature. So that's amazing. So if you really need something that with a lot of cold crank amps, this is this is it. But you're going to pay for it. Now there's also they list the Champion AGM battery they got from Pep Boys. Uh, Champion is a brand you've, I'm sure you've heard of. Uh, this is only $195.49. And uh, the size of the, this size of Champion AGM battery has a 48-month free replacement warranty. Pretty good. And 1,000 cranking amps, very good. And 850 cold cranking amps. It uh, has reserve capacity of 140 minutes. Uh, so it's probably a pretty good battery right in the middle range of, of prices. Now, there's Optima Yellow Top Battery, and this one's $277.36 on Amazon. And they say this Yellow Top comes with 800, I mean, with 750 cold cranking amps and uh, 120 minutes of reserve power. Um, like the Red Top uh, battery that, that's also by Optima, this uh, is resistant to vibration. It features both front and side posts and weighs in at 43 pounds. And this looks like it's compact in size and may be good for smaller cars because you don't need the, you know, if, if you know, you don't need the cranking amp for a, a four-cylinder Toyota Corolla that you do for, you know, a V8 Mercedes. Uh, Die Hard is still a brand out there. Platinum AGM battery, twenty, you know, two hundred and twenty-two dollars at Advanced Auto Parts. Um, it has seventy-four hours of crank. Uh, 
of cold crank amps and 115 minutes of reserve. So it's kind of right in the middle. Uh, we used to think Die Hard was the best and sort of, you know, it's good, but it's sort of in the middle now of, of what it is. And then they list the Odyssey dry cell battery for $295.99. And it says this battery has 135 minutes of reserve and 850 of cold cranking amps at zero degrees and 1,050 and cranking amps at 32 degrees. It has both top and side terminals. Think about it next time you need one. It's important your car doesn't start without it. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHub Radio. We'll be right back. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Let's go to some more news that uh, I missed this a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was important to talk about. Uh, Stellantis, which is the new company that is formed by the merger of uh, uh, Peugeot Group with uh, the Fiat Chrysler Group, uh, was hit with a nightmare a couple of weeks ago. The Cherokee Nation asked them to stop using its name for cars. They want it back. And the quote is, I think we're in a day and age in this country where it's time for both corporations and team sports to retire the use of Native American names, images, uh, and mascots from their products, team jerseys, and sports in general, said the uh, Cherokee Nation Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. in a statement to Car and Driver magazine and uh, later shared with the Washington Post. So the Cherokee Nation has repeatedly expressed frustration with Jeep's use of the name, uh, but this marks the first direct request for a change. So basically, Jeep is essing in their pants. And so they said that our vehicle names, this is their quote, um, our vehicle names uh, have been carefully chosen and nurtured over the years to honor and celebrate Native American people for their nobility, prowess, and pride. Wow. That was their statement to the Washington Post. And they went on to say, um, we are more than ever committed to a respectful and open dialogue with the Cherokee Nation of Principal Chief Chuck Hoskins Jr. Uh, so my guess is that the uh, Jeep's PR department is scrambling for a really good reason to keep the name and save face. Uh, the marketing department uh, doesn't like it because you know they've built the Cherokee name up for decades, and uh, if the tribe wants it back, they can really make a big deal about it. So 
that's something for them to think about. I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, that, that uh, this hasn't come to a head sooner. But they actually gave a direct interview to Car and Driver magazine on this issue, and so it was Car and Driver that broke all the news, and then it went to the, you know, the other uh, mainstream press uh, outlets. Uh, Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company is acquiring Cooper Tire and Rubber Company in a stock swap deal, deal valued at $2.8 billion. It will combine the two 100-year-old-plus uh, tire companies based in Ohio. Cooper owns Mastercraft, Roadmaster, and Mickey Thompson brands, and Cooper will get access to Goodyear's 2,500 retail locations and a stronger foothold in China, which they probably do need. Uh, the company's estimated a savings of $165 million in two years. Uh, the deal has already been approved by both boards and should close in the second half of 2021, uh, which basically means that people are start going to start losing their jobs. Uh, Land Rover is seriously considering a Defender pickup truck. It would be a four-door lifestyle truck with a relatively short bed, focusing on adventure rather than cargo capacity. Uh, Land Rover said the, may release a pickup, uh, but only after the long wheelbase Defender 130. Uh, there's a 90, 110, and now the 130 uh, as far as the sizes of the Defender. Uh, a pickup Defender would be an instant hit and would be hard for a Land Rover to overlook the obvious profit, profit potential with little engineering work as it would be based on the existing model uh, and uh, with all the existing drivetrains. Uh, Land Rover is also uh, looking for more profit. They are stuffing a supercharged 518-horsepower 5-liter V8 into the new Defender, and it's not cheap. So the 2022 Defender 90 V8 will start start at $98,550, including a $1,350 destination fee. Uh, so that's $13,700 more than the fully loaded V6 version and more than double the, the base four-cylinder Defender. In other words, if it will sell, there were people who will buy it because people are paying tons of money for the Mercedes G-Wagon. So it'll sell. Uh, it's a license to print cash for them. Wow. Um, Rivian, my favorite up-and-coming uh, electric pickup truck manufacturer, is opening its first experience center in Laguna Beach, California, transforming a landmark movie theater into a fully-fledged EV community facility whatever that means, says the application to transform the Laguna Theater into the company's experience center was submitted this uh, last summer. Uh, initially, the Laguna Theater has the appearance of, uh, of the 1930s era uh, cinema, uh, giving some nostalgia to the uh, evening, uh, like an evening at the movies. But Rivian plans to add some features to the historic building that will likely complement the automaker's massive push that is planned for later this year when its R1T pickup truck hits the market. Uh, closing in uh, 20, uh, the theater closed in 2015. It was built in 1934 and opened in 1935. Rivian looks to maintain the overall design and personality 
functionality of the building without disrupting the essence of the building's historic charm, which I'm sure is required for, you know, for them to keep it. Um, Here's what Rivian says in its application. It wants to transform the historic theater into a community-focused hub that will include retail space, food and beverage, and a restored theater for public programming. Rivian sees this project as an opportunity to invest in the community of Laguna Beach by restoring the historic facade, modernizing the uh, theater interior, and introducing new public programming in an, an, in an activated development year-round. An apartment is above the theater, and Rivian plans to take possession of it to house guests, speakers, lecturers, Rivian shareholders, hint, hint, and customers when applicable. Uh, somewhere in this lovely re- renovation, Rivian will also showcase its vehicles. So that's an interesting choice of what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, but it's the first one in, in, in the country. So it's in Laguna Beach, California. Uh, I guess that's where they see the lifestyle is going to be, you know, coming off uh, in Laguna Beach. <clears throat> Mercedes-Benz took the wrap of its all-new 2022 C-Class last week, and it looks sensational. Motor Trend thinks the new car will be a, a problem for both BMW and Mercedes. Why? Why will it be a problem for them? It's because the new C-Class is basically a shrunken 2021 S-Class, uh, which is the top of the food chain of the Mercedes-Benz. In short, it feels like a proper Mercedes-Benz, not some exercise in cost-cutting, which it usually is. Uh, for all the U.S. cars, we're going to get uh, some two-liter turbocharged engines uh, with a mild hybrid setup and an integrated uh, starter generator. Together, the engine with their, quote, EQ boost makes up to 225 horsepower. Now, it'll be a hit, no doubt, for Mercedes. When we get back, uh, we have all of our Bring a Trailer picks, and we have, uh, we'll look at what we... Uh, the, the auction prices for last week and John McMullen will be joining me. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Rift Up on iHub Radio. 